Genesis 28, verse number 16. I, I read that and read it, and then it kind of hit me hard, and then it started bothering me. And I wanted you to read it and see what you could see what I saw that bothered me. And I feel that we're getting close to being that in the house of God today. He said, and Jacob wake up out of his sleep. And he said, surely the Lord is in this place. Now, if we stop right there, we could shout and have a great time, couldn't we? We could just <laughs> whoop, 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 and just shout the house down, run the pews and everything else. But it didn't stop there. Jacob said, I knew it not. I knew it not. I'm going to just speak for a little bit on how I know God is in this place. Let us pray. Father, we just thank you tonight. Lord, we just ask you to touch hearts, lift us up, and encourage us. Help us to know that you are present with us today. And Father, we'll give you the honor. We'll give you the glory. We'll give you everything that you've done. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. It, it bothers me if the Lord can be in this place and us know it not, then He could leave and we would never miss Him. And that has happened in a lot of churches today. He has left. They don't even know He's gone. The churches are, are, uh, 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 have written Ichabob over the door frame. They're faking a shout. Uh, they're still coming to a, some kind of fake altar. They got the music uh, that sounds like the world. They got the lo light shows, smoke screams going on. They have a pastor that's hip with the young people. He's got that uh, short sleeve shirt on, the Bermuda shorts on and flip flops. And, and they're in tune with everything that God says it should be. No, God has left that place and they just don't know it. They have no clue that the Lord has left that place. Looking at this verse, it bothers me. But I'm glad I read the rest of it because Jacob gave us a formula on how we can tell that God is in this place. And I got to looking at it as a man. I sure hope we get a hold of this. How, how, how do I know that God is in this place? You've heard me say it before, and I'll say it again, and I'll say it till the day I die. The man of God. So the man of God goes, so does the church go. If the man of God is not on fire, then the church is not going to be on fire. If the man of God is preaching weak stuff, then the church is going to be a weak church. If the man of God is just throwing out something to make you feel good about yourself, then you could be lost and undone. The man of God should know if the God is present in the house of God or not. Amen. And I got a feeling that there's a lot of pastors so-called preachers sitting in a pulpit today that has no clue that God has left their building. There are those that lived in the church from the day they were born. Their mamas and daddy took them to the church. That's all they know. 
That's all they've ever been. It's been in church, church, church. That's all they've been. And there's nothing wrong with that. But there, there are a lot of us that didn't live that kind of lifestyle. When I came up, we was just as bad as everybody else can be. My mom and daddy didn't take me to church. I didn't even know what a church was until my aunt and uncle took me to church. It took a man of God that knew the presence of God was around to preach the gospel, to pierce my heart, to get me to the altar. But nowadays they just throw out some things like, Come as you are and leave as you came. There's no sense in praying all the time. I've had people tell me that. You don't have to pray all the time and then, then throw out that verse, pray without ceasing. We need to get rid of that, don't we? We need to get rid of what the Bible says the man of God needs to be holy, upright. Need to get rid of those things. So how do I know that God is in presence in this place? It's cause the presence of God and the man of God in this place. I don't let just anybody step in the pulpit that I think that don't live what the Bible says, don't walk what the Word of God says. Just don't want to let somebody step up here. And, and there's been some cases that people stand here and you don't know their lifestyle, but God will reveal it to you. When somebody stands in the pulpit, it is sacred ground, and God said it must be sacred. You better be sure who stands in the pulpit is a man of God. Amen. Then get mad at me if you want to. Run me off. I don't care. I, I, like I said, I only believe the church is as spiritual as the pastor is spiritual. The pastor, the preacher needs to teach the Word of God, preach the Word of God. He needs to live the Word of God. And I cannot go on my feelings. Well, I don't feel I need to preach that. I don't feel like I need to do that. I have to study. I have to pray. And I have to be sensitive to the Holy Ghost and say, this is what you need to preach. This is what you need. I might not like it myself because a lot of times when He showed me what to preach, it's at me. Is that me? I cannot be looking at what other churches do. I cannot look what they say, how they act, how they conduct themselves. I can only worry about what this church does. This church. I am trying. We've got this, you know, these mega churches, we got them all over the world today. I mean, 10,000 people in a church. Let, he, let me see if he can name every one of them in there. No, he can't. You got these mega churches, and, they, and, and you, that's okay. They, they may, some of them might be preaching the Word of God. Some of them might be living the Word of God. But the problem is, you start getting these small churches trying to get this mega church spirit about them. They want to be just like them, act just like them. Everything wants to be just like that mega church. We're not a mega church. And if we ever try to become one, we're going to lose the Word of God, the presence of God, the Spirit of God. We've got, we got to keep what God has given us. How do I know that God is in this place? Because of His Word. 
I, I, I know we're living in a day where there are all kinds of versions of the Bible. And I just wanted to go out and find out just how many versions. English version. I'm not, there's over 3,000 versions of the Bible in other language. But just in the English language alone, 50. 50 versions of the Bible. I'm glad they started off with the King James Version. Then the NIV, NASB, NKJV, ESV, NLT, HCB, RSV, NCV, NEB. Then, then there's the, the one that the voice translation of the Bible. I don't know what that is. ASV, TEV, AMP, TNIV, NET, LEB, RSV, CEV, GW, GEB. What is the recovery version of the Bible? NLRV, ERV, CJB, BBE, SB. That's in here. These are versions of the Bible. How do I know God is in this place? Because the Word of God, this Word right here, this is the Word of God. This is what I stand on. I'm not looking for anything else. And I tell you what, if you take this, uh, this, is the, this is the shotgun of God. This is the Word. You pointed at something. And if it don't line up with this, it don't belong here. It don't belong here. Amen. They took the versions of the Bible. They took out the blood, the virgin birth. They took out the uh, cross. They said anything goes any way it was. That's not what the Word of God says. God have mercy on us. We try to rewrite the God's Word and take things out of it. But that's what is going on in the day. Preachers get in the pulpit and open up a different version of the Bible and they start reading it. The Spirit is not going out because it's not the Word of God. We make sure that we hold dear to the Word of God. It's infallible. It is the Word of God. Lord, help us that we never replace the word of God was something else. How do I know that God is in this place? His presence. I know that he's in this place because of his presence. I've walked in the churches many a time, plenty of times in my lifetime, be dead, dried up, and you could not feel the presence of God in them. I love walking into a church where you just, as soon as you walk in, the presence of God is felt. And the Spirit starts to move. And you enjoy being there. Have you been in a church that you just didn't want to be? I have. I've been in churches I just, and I've been in a church I wished I'd just gotten up and walk out, but I couldn't. I was preaching. <laughs> couldn't do it. But when the preacher gets in the pulpit, and starts preaching, thus saith the Lord, His presence around. And like I said, they, they got these preachers now that run around in short shirts and blue uh, sh uh, shorts and flip-flops. I know one like that. I, I, I don't, I'm not, don't, don't get me wrong, I'm not criticizing, I'm just saying 
That's not what God, God says, present your best. Every time you come to church, God says, present your best. If the best you got as a preacher is shirt and shorts and flip-flops, I'd ask for a raise. <laughs> I'd ask for a raise. But that's the problem. We, we, we want to be in tune with the world and look like the world, uh, and, and we want to get the crowds in so we become a mega church so the preacher is starting to act like everybody else in the world. They're not preaching against sin, not preaching against that, they're not preaching against this. Oh, just come in as long as you tie, you can come and sit in church. I, that's not what God said. God said preach against sin because sin will send you to hell. And if you've got a preacher not preaching against sin, you better get out of there. You better get out of there. Amen. I, I went to church one time and the preacher talked about all the time about talking broken he broke his leg and that's all he talked about the whole time service broke a leg dude you're not telling me I saw you on a cast I knew you broke a leg hey good grief but we got preachers I, I know God's in this place because of his presence when we walk in the house of God we can feel the presence of God and can I say this we need the presence of God because we ain't going to get nothing to get done within ourselves. We need the presence of God. And I want to give it my best. I want to do the best that I can because he gave me his best. There, there's some decoys in the church. You know what I mean by decoys? We, when I put up grape vines and the muscadine vines, Teresa went out and bought some of these fake owls. Four of them. <laughs> Supposed to keep the birds out of there. They built nests right beside of them. <laughs> I, had, I had to put sand in them to keep them standing still because the wind would blow them off. But you can take that owl and you hold it up. It's got two eyes, but it can't see. <laughs> got two ears, but it can't hear. And if you flip it over, it is hollow on the inside. We got a lot of decoyed Christians in the church today. They have eyes, but they don't see. They have ears, but they don't hear. And they're empty on the inside. And you let a... <laughs> You let a decoy Christian get set inside the church and get inside and next thing you know you got strife, you got everything else because this decoy wants to bring everybody else with him. You need to try the spirit. We've had people come in and say, I'm a Christian. It might took a while but they ain't here no more because they wasn't Christians. They didn't want what they said they've done. They didn't talk what they said. They just say, well, empty on the inside. We need to make sure we guard the church with everything that we got to make sure that the presence of God is present here each and every time. I had to learn to get out of the way of the Lord when he wanted me to do something. I had to be sensitive to the Holy Ghost. I've said this before and I'll say it again. I don't start preaching till the light comes on. And I shut up when the light goes off. Because I don't want to be in the way of the Lord. But th this verse hit me. It hit me. 
How, how, how do I can tell that the Lord is present in this building here tonight? Not just the building, but because we are the church and we are the Holy Spirit resides inside of us. But how can I tell that the presence of the Lord, the Bible, Revelation said he walked among the candlesticks. His presence is in the house of God. How do I know? Because the anointing of God. Verse 18. And Jacob rose up early in the morning. And he took the stone that he had put his, for his pillow and he set it up for a pillar. And he poured oil upon the top of it. Now, I, I don't know whether you believe in this or not, but I wholeheartedly believe in this. I believe in anointing. And I believe there's an anointing spirit, and I believe the church can be anointed too. How do you know that? Well, I can tell you why I know that, and he can tell you too. My kidneys are working on 30%. People came in anointed and prayed over me. It went up to 40%. So, doctor, you told me that don't happen. He said, well, it don't. It don't. But if he does it, it can. Amen. Pray for his shoulders, killing him. They're going to have to get surgery. No, we laid hands, prayed on him. That's been years ago. I've seen what God can do when people believe in the anointing power of God and when the Spirit of God is present and we start anointing, then God is in it with us. Amen. I've seen God do a lot of things when we prayed over and anointing. Amen. I, I believe in the anointing spirit of God. I believe in that. If you don't believe that, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with it. I know a church don't believe in it. I know a church don't believe in it. And they call themselves Baptists. And the lady told me, said he would have been better off if I just go out and got some brake fluid and poured it on you. You know, that's, that's why we... That's why a church has a bad reputation in the public side today. You, you got these so-called preachers standing in the pulpit telling stuff like that to somebody that needs help, looking for help, and the Bible clearly says, do this, lay hands on them, anoint them, pray for them. Well, we just go get some break oil and pull on them. You got your mind. I'm telling you, that's where, that's where, we, that's where we fall down in the public's eye. And yet, when you got one church trying to do what God has said to do, then you got all these round, you're just doing things that they want to do. I believe in the anointing of God. I believe in the anointing power of God. Another reason I believe that uh, uh, God is in this place is because of the fear of God. Verse 17. And he was afraid, and he said, How dreadful is this place? This is none other but... The house of God. And this is the gate of heaven. I, I believe the fear of God is lacking in our churches today. I know it's lacking in our world and our country today. I, I see what's going on in the world, what's happening in churches. A preacher out west, young preacher, they just voted him in. And it came along Christmas time. I think it was last Christmas. They came up and said, we want to do a Christmas play. We always just sung. We want to do a Christmas play. But we want to do something different than everybody else did. And he said, I didn't know what a Christmas play was and everything. I didn't know. What to, I didn't know. I said, well, let's do one. They said, okay, let's do one. He said, how far can we take it? And this is his very words. Take it to the point of sin and just back off a little bit. 
Now, I watched that Christmas play. I think they went beyond sin. Provocative. Dancing. Christ was a woman. Mm. And, and the whole thing was just making a mockery of God. There was no fear of God. All they were trying to do is look what I can do on stage. All eyes are on me. Let me just say this. When you come to church, it's not eyes on me. It's not eyes on you. Every eye needs to be on Him this morning. Amen. But that, they, they got the mindset that we're not afraid of God. I'm afraid of God. Not a trembling fear, but I, I fear what God can do. And I, I know that this country is going to pay for its sins. I know that. And we're in for it. We're in for it. I, I know that the Lord is in this place because of the fellowship of God. Verse number 20 said, And Jacob vowed a vow, saying, If God will be with me, and I will keep me in this way that I go. I, I think about this all the time. Every time I wake up, Lord, to be in, the, be in presence with me, fellowship with me. I, I don't ever want to make a move without the Lord directing or guiding me. That should be all our mindsets every time we wake up in the morning. Lord, guide me, direct me. I want a fellowship with you. I want you around me at each and every day. I need your presence in my life every day. What would you do without the presence of God in your life? What would you do? Couldn't do nothing. I know the presence of God is in this place because of the supply of God. In verse number 20, And Jacob vowed a vow, saying, If God be with me and will keep me in this way that I go, I will give me bread to eat and raiment to put on me. Everybody here has a place to go to lay their head down. Everybody got shoes on their feet, clothes on their back, a car to drive home, praise God, a home to go to, food in your belly. I don't think anybody in here is broke, are they? Well, I am. But God has supplied everything. That you, he said he will supply your need, your need. He's going to give you what you need. But see, we look beyond what we want and we, what God wants to give us. We, we see something greater out there, and that's what we reach for. God said, I'll supply your need. Every one of us gives out something. I know God is in this place because of the peace of God. Verse 21, so that I come again to my Father's house in peace, then shall the Lord be my God. There's times I've come into this house of God now I've got problems weighed down on me, raging inside of me. But as soon as I walk through the door and start fellowshipping people, I seem to forget all about that stuff outside. And I find the peace of God surrounding me inside the house of God with the people of God. And I found joy in that. I found, I found peace and refuge in that. I, that's where I, I feel my best when I'm in church. Even when I'm sick, I feel my best when I'm in church because the peace of God's here. And, and let me give you this last one in verse number 22, the, the finances of God. You said, the finances of God? What are you going to talk about money for now? 
And this stone which I have set for a pillar shall be God's house. God's house. And all that shall give me, I will surely give a tenth unto thee. Listen, you're not tithing to me. Your tithes don't come to me. It comes to God. You're tithing to God. You're, you're ensuring that the house of God is taken care of. I know this is God's house because when we pass the offering plate, God's money gets put into it. So my question to you, do you want to keep God here? Do you want to keep the presence of God here? Then these things that we must do. First of all, and I say first of all, mainly the greatest thing you ever could do is to get, get out of the way of the Lord. Let Him direct you. Let him guide you, and you'll never go wrong. Now, I'm not going to say your life is going to be all peaches and cream and roses. No, no. I will not say that because I've been in mountaintops and I've been down in the valleys. I've been in valleys down there, and I'm, I'm looking up, Lord, why? Why? Just like everybody else does. It happens to everybody. There's not a man of God that can't say, well, I've never been through the valley. You've been through a valley. If you're a preacher... Pastor, you've gone through valleys. Amen. I'm just going to tell you. It ain't always pitchers and creams as a pastor. Well, look at the pastor. He ain't got to do nothing but preach three times a week. No, no, it ain't always that. It ain't always that. There's other things. Everybody goes through a valley. Everybody lives on a mountaintop everywhere. But if you let him guide you, direct you, we can keep the presence of God in this house. If we walk in with the Holy Spirit, then the presence of God will be here with us. Amen.